Welcome to the Skull Splitter Dice Podcast, a podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. Visit us at SkullsplitterDice.com for the best D&D dice in the realms. Enjoy the episode. Hey there, everyone. I'm Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice here with another D&D 5e guide. One of the five base uncommon races in D&D, the Dragonborn, much like the Tiefling, immediately sticks out even in a high fantasy world setting. In many worlds, they carry the reputation of strength and an aloof haughtiness, and perhaps deservedly so. They are, after all, quite proud of their draconic heritage. You'll find that playing a Dragonborn carries with it a lot of unique situations for role-playing and gameplay, and I want to go over everything that you need to know to create your own Dragonborn character in today's video. One of the most important aspects of any Dragonborn character is understanding their connection to dragons. You can't really separate the two without robbing yourself of everything that makes the Dragonborn just so interesting. Their names, clan names, their featured skill, and even their appearance are affected directly by their dragon bloodline. The color of a dragon directly determines what color the Dragonborn descending from them will be, as well as the type of power that they inherit from their bloodline. Different powers are associated with different colors, one color aligning with good and the other aligning with evil. For instance, fire is typically associated with either gold or red dragons, and acid is typically associated with copper or black dragons. Be sure to take this decision incredibly seriously as you're building your character, as it can affect them in a variety of different ways. So what alignment are you playing? Whether you're a good, evil, or neutral character can greatly determine the type of draconic bloodline that you're associated with. For instance, if you want to be a good character that also breathes fire, it might be best to consider descending from a gold dragon as opposed to a red one, and vice versa if you're an evil character. Don't think that this is a set in stone rule though. Like a lot of things in 5e, it's sort of open to interpretation, and you're more than welcome to change it if it fits your character a little bit better. More of just a framework type of deal. So if you want to play that good paladin character that also happens to have red scales, go for it. So let's go over some common characteristics of the Dragonborn, starting with their language. Dragonborn are able to speak Draconic, which not only means they can speak with each other and dragons, but also other creatures that might know the language, such as kobolds and lizard folk, for instance. They are often very clan-based, much like the Scottish Highlanders of old, if that gives you a sort of good historical reference to work with. First comes family, then comes clan, then comes the village, and then comes the individual, far after all of that. Dragonborn in 5e tend to be a little obsessive when it comes to the commitments they give themselves. For instance, if they practice magic, they're probably also obsessed with mastering that skill. Or if they're a warrior, they're probably obsessed with mastering the weapon that they wield. As a result, paladins and clerics tend to make a lot of thematic sense for a Dragonborn, since they're also obsessed with servicing something that's greater than themselves. Outside of their respective communities, Dragonborns should expect to get a bit of a weird reaction from the public, as even in a high fantasy setting, they're not exactly common. And this is understandably so. They're, they're dragon people, after all. Other things to think about would probably be how dragons would perceive your character, or perhaps even groups of people that idolize dragons, such as kobolds. So what class should I play as a Dragonborn? Well, Dragonborn get plus two to strength and plus one to charisma, which makes them seem tailor-made for playing a paladin. And considering that the D&D battle between good and evil is often represented as a battle between the good dragon god Bahamut and the evil dragon god Tiamat, this seems like a really good thematic fit to play. However, if playing a paladin isn't your thing, totally understand, then you might want to consider playing a martial class because of that plus two to strength, something like a fighter 
or a barbarian would go exceptionally well with this. On the magic caster side of things, classes like sorcerer, warlock, and bard are good picks because they're all charisma based. However, I would say thematically that sorcerer is probably the easiest to justify if you're going for a pure caster, as the sorcerer class even has draconic bloodline as one of the major routes that you can take from the main book. However, I would say that choosing certain routes from bard or warlock can also offer some very interesting builds and even more fascinating backstories. There's definitely going to need to be a little bit of backstory in order to make these make sense but you can definitely still play these while fitting into the dragonborn sort of culture and fit. The key with these classes is not only that they are charisma based for spellcasting, but also because they offer certain routes that rely on combat, meaning that they'll get full advantage of that plus two to strength. For the Bard, the College of Valor from the Player's Handbook or the College of Swords from Xanathar's Guide to Everything are both excellent choices. These are combat-based Bards that give you magic, extra attacks, and allow you to take full advantage of your opening stat boosts. Most interesting would be deciding how your character became this way, whether it be because they didn't fit in with society because they wanted to play music and tell stories, or perhaps they just are so proud of their draconic history that they wanted to tell the world through song or poetry or whatever it is your bard dragonborn does. There's a lot to play with here while developing your battle mage type character that can do some serious work while offering a lot of opportunities for interesting roleplay. For the Warlock, the Pact of the Blade from the Player's Handbook or the Hexblade from Xanathar's Guide to Everything are both excellent choices because they're heavy combat-centric Warlock classes. Here, the limited magic of the Warlock supplements the ability to tank as a mainly combat-centric figure with some neat tricks up their sleeve. Perhaps most interesting for this route is the backstory. Coming from a proud draconic bloodline, what exactly happened that caused your character to make a deal with a non-draconic entity and to become a Warlock? This is something that I I think is probably a very interesting with a lot of characters that choose a sort of outlandish build for their otherwise stoic character. Be sure to have fun when naming your Dragonborn character. Although not as over-the-top and outlandish as a gnome, for instance, Dragonborn names still have a lot of really interesting dynamics to them. For instance, their clan name actually comes before their first name, and their names tend to be a bit more regal and formal than others might expect. There's a great list of examples inside of the player's handbook if you need reference. Clan names tend to be extremely long though, as you'll notice, and as a result, a lot of players will shorten them or give an abbreviated version. Back where they grew up, many Dragonborn will have a nickname given by people close to them that often describe how they were in their childhood years. Something like Hider, Climber, Whaler, something along those lines will often stick with them up into adulthood by these same people. However, Dragonborn are probably not too willing to share these childhood nicknames with people outside of their clan. So what are some examples of a dragonborn in popular culture? Well, there's obviously the Dovahkiin from The Elder Scrolls Skyrim. However, the dragonborn in that franchise is obviously very different than what dragonborn are supposed to be in the D&D universe. So for a multitude of reasons, I don't really think that quite counts, or at very least doesn't really pertain to this conversation. One of the best examples of a Dragonborn character in more mainstream nerd culture would probably be Dinar Blitzen from Acquisitions Inc. The C-Team, a very popular online D&D show. And it's also worth noting that although he wasn't on Critical Role for a very long time, Orion Akaba's character was a Dragonborn sorcerer named Tiberius Stormwind, who was on the very first 27 episodes. So as you can see, Dragonborn offer plenty of opportunities for fascinating role-playing situations. However, in surveys, they tend to be one of the least played races in the game. 
I can't really comment as to why that is. However, I will say that if one of the least played races in your game is a person that descended from literal freaking dragons, that has to speak towards how cool your game is, right? At least in some way. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. My name's Patrick Ferguson with Skull Splitter Dice. I'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe so you never miss out.